Welcome to the Fin Nation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to Fem Nation. I have an amazing guest today because this is the first guest in this kind of business. So I'm really excited to have you on today. Kathleen Cutler, thank you for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me, Waydev. And I'm, it's not rare that I'm the only jeweler <laughs> you're speaking <laughs> to, but there's so much that we can talk about that's going to translate to your audience in such a fantastic way. Well, and I want to mention that your official title, so to speak, is a modern luxury sales expert. So that fits in with the jeweler side of it. And it fascinates me because there's so much that goes into luxury and I look forward to your perspective of it. But let's start out first with how this navigated your entrepreneurial journey and where did it start and where are you at today? So the beginning was way back. So I've loved art forever. I actually created jewelry as a child. Some of my favorite memories are sitting on my shag carpeting, listening to Atlantis <laughs> Morissette and beading seed beads. And actually my entrepreneurial journey itself started with art picks. I don't know if you remember that, uh, 1990, <laughs> my girlfriend and I in elementary school would create art and sell them to our parents. So masterpieces were being sold from the very beginning, but I always had an entrepreneurial desire and streak. And in college, I was actually part of a very first podcasting. So that was in Oh six when podcasts were just Dang. beginning. I was a host for a podcast actually in Colorado um, at CU Boulder. I was part of the rock climbing gym and I was part of a rock climbing podcast. So I got into the high-end outdoor industry out of college and I found that, that, you know, the sales and the high net worth individuals and especially the relationship building was just so, so exciting and fun. So I basically have always had a side hustle. You can say from when I was eight Yeah. more yeah. formally in the outdoor industry, I was often though I was a guide and I would guide people through canyoneering and rock climbing, whitewater rafting. Um, I always also worked in the back office. So I was always doing social media and really utilizing those early tools. This was 08, 09. So just when some of these things were coming on. So then from the high-end outdoor industry, I rediscovered jewelry. So I started mm. again making jewelry. I enrolled in silversmithing classes I actually found an apprenticeship as a jeweler. So I worked for a woman um, based in Massachusetts named Rebecca Brooks, and I was part of her studio team. So we produced the jewelry, designed the jewelry, and then on the weekends, I would sell the jewelry in her physical locations. And I really found that I wasn't a designer as much as I was a lover of the creative and trying to organize the creative. So that's really where I found my like right brain, left brain. I have a literature degree and a business degree. So I've always been kind of that dual, I'm a Gemini from astrology. So it's almost like- Welcome to the team Gemini here. <laughs> um, 
So I really just fell back in love with jewelry. You know, art has been an original love for me as well as the outdoor and working with high net worth individuals, but in that producing, but especially selling the jewelry, having it be from the, you know, from my hands, often we had hand sourced the stones through our relationships. That's really when I fell in love with this, re in love with the sales side of things. So obviously, and this is going to be parallel to any business out there, but specifically for your business, there are so many components to creating you know, the, the jewelry that you create from sourcing it, from the creative inspiration, the reasoning behind it, because obviously your design your designs have a reason for why you create them the way you do uh, that goes more into the creative aspect. And it has some strategic element to it, obviously, but at the same time, it's going to have a lot of moving pieces. Where did you find the fine-tuned element to finally say, here's the thing I have, the lines that I create, and then do you hand create them all now still, or have you moved past that and you have a team, you know, how does that work and where did that transition happen? So it's a great question, White Dove, and really just to make really clear, I stepped back and realized that the production of the jewelry and the designing of the jewelry was not my strength. I would be in the studio and I thought I wanted my own jewelry line. And I thought that that was the direction I was going to go in. But what I really, really found was I actually loved to organize and sell and really give the artists the voice around how to talk about what is just so innate them that they actually can share it with the world. So actually the role I stepped into is more of a mentor for um, high-end salespeople, high-end jewelers. And now I get to utilize their brilliance, incomparable brilliance, and start to pull the stories um, out of them actually. Because you understand them. You understand that they're, they're artists them as an artist, their artistry, their creativity, and where they love to be. So then you're just bringing in and pairing with them to put it out to the world. And I'm in endless awe of them. For sure. I mean, I am like the, I am such an amateur. I still have, you know, I still do make some of my own jewelry. I'm wearing some pieces I've made right now. I still have, you know, the art, like I love to paint. I love all these different things, but I really love the business side of it. I really love the strategy And particularly, I really love the sales side. And that's really what we specifically do. So, you know, we've kind of started when I was eight and now we're fast forward many years. (laughs) Um, I ended up working at a a antique and estate jewelry company. So we had five physical locations. We had um, over 100,000 pieces in our stores and 10,000 pieces in our e-commerce site. And in uh, our first year on e-commerce, we actually uh, made over seven figures in selling uh, antique and estates. And that's really when I took my side hustle of always being in the social media space and made it full-time. So six years ago, I stepped out full-time and it was an interesting um, segue for me because I actually stepped more into mass marketing. So I stepped more into Facebook ads, into really complex email funnels, and I spent about three years in that space. And we had such success. I mean, the statistics were phenomenal, but it wasn't something that we could repeat again and again. So volume of people coming to websites, hoping that it would trickle into people adding a cart and eventually buying the pieces. And we just found for some clients that worked really, really well, again, we had phenomenal results, but for some clients with beautiful products, it just wasn't as replicatable. 
So that was for me, um, a personal dark night of the soul. I couldn't in good conscience offer something that was working for some, not working for others, even though on the back end, everything was exactly the same. So I really, I had just recently had my son. Um, he was about six months old and I was really just doing so many, so much thinking around how could I, how can I dial this back? Like if I look back at my career in, um, outdoor guiding with high net worth individuals. If I look back at actually when I was physically selling jewelry from, you know, on this side of the counter to the other side of the counter, it really was all about relationships. So I had one client who was like, all right, Kathleen, let's give your new idea a try. And she emailed 10 of her past clients, 10 of her friends, colleagues, and made $10,000 in sales within that day. And from then on, I was really set on what has now become my signature process and the signature program I work through, which is all about creating your and turning your relationships into revenue. So Mm -hmm. it's a dual meaning, which is, you know, turning your relationships, especially in the jewelry world or any luxury sales, your past clients, uh, we love to say your best clients are the ones you have. So turning those relationships into revenue, but also, um, turning your own, you know, really understanding your own relationship to revenue as well. So how can you understand your worth as an artist? How can you command higher and higher prices and recognize uh, my assistant teacher, Susie always loves to say, she's like, you don't have to invent 25 karat gold. You don't have to work in like finer and finer materials. In fact, it really is more about the professionalism, especially when we're working with the affluent ultra high net worth individuals. We really just have to be speaking that same language. So that's where we've really evolved into, though we do believe funnels have a place, SEO has a place, Instagram has a place. You really can do so much with your personal relationships. We love to call it mining for gold in your own gold mine, looking at those relationships you already have. Yes. And that, that, that you don't have to reinvent or you don't have to create gold. You know, that's, you don't have to come up with 24 karat gold that, that already exists, but how you use that medium, that mineral, that you know what it, i mean that can be expanded to any business literally that that gold nugget no pun intended <laughs> but that can literally be transferred to any business owner any business and i know that your niche and your zone of genius is in the jewelry world but i want the listeners to really connect the dots there that no matter what industry they're in they do not have to recreate the industry they just have to show up in a different way and pr- put it together so that the people that need it in their way see it and can, can utilize it and work with them and connect with them because it's a similar wavelength. Hi. So get that. And at the end of the day, what is luxurious is what is rare. And right now what is rare is human connection. And the more we can have the tasks that should be automated in our business. Like we are huge fans. I have a small team and we love to automate anything we can, but we really, we still write handwritten thank you notes. We still write handwritten birthday cards. We write handwritten. Thank you. We get a ton of referrals in our business. We handwrite a referral note. Every time we do, we send gifts to our clients upon milestones. And we really 
work towards automating the things that can be while still retaining that deep human connection. And that's what we teach our, our clients as well. And that's how we've had clients sell $42,000 rubies to someone they hadn't spoken with in three years, wow. sell $48,000 um, Sapphire ring in a five minute phone call. Like it really is incredible when you do start to, um, bring back this very old school. We love to joke. It's like 1940s. We're like taking our playbook from the 1940s. But when we do go back and really have this old school connection, it feels so fresh right now. Mm -hmm. What's old is new, right? You know, back that something that was considered so simple that we had to move away from it and automate the heck out of everything to come right back to what is actually wanted and desired and needed. I have a cheeky little side note. Do you use the word milestones for any part of your teaching? Because I mean, gemstones, milestones, all anyway, do, do, but that is a good one. Maybe we should call them gemstones. (laughs) I know. I was just gemstone. (laughs) There goes my creative brain just running off of like, Oh, that's fun. Connecting dots. But it's so like relevant. And even last night, my, my grandparents are a big inspiration to my business. And my grandmother actually died before when my father was 11. And my grandfather was a big part of my childhood growing up. He was a prolific inventor and he worked for GE And in the past year, um, my father found a treasure trove of letters that my grandmother had sent her best friend and her best friend's husband, when she passed away, had sent back all of the original letters. So I have a treasure trove of, I start crying. I have a treasure trove of these letters from my grandmother to her best friend when she was raising young boys. And even last night, I, as I was going to sleep, I just pick up a letter and I, I just read this m- minutia of her day and of what my uncle was doing as a six month old and, you know, how their Thanksgiving was. And I just feel that we've stepped in a way so far from, yes. from that sharing. Um, my husband and I met in high school, my best friend and I met in high school. Like we, I still like have that depth of relationship in my life, but to have you know, to bring that to our clients is really just phenomenal. That's beautiful. What a gift. What an amazing gift to be able to step back in time and see them, her, that section of the family almost in, you know, in the moment. It is. And it just, you know, to, to have, it truly is a gift and to just read them and to feel, you know, because I didn't have her in my, my physical life. So to have her really almost as a moment in time and to be so parallel. And I'm raising a young son and she had, you know, she had four young boys at one point, which I was just one, but it was, and she was an awesome mathematician. Um, and, but also loved to cook French food. Like it was just, it's so interesting. And I just really, I have, you know, typically a picture of them right on my desk because it means so much to me. And I just think that we've, as you said, we've stepped so far away from some of these old school principles. And we really love to just make it very simple and help our clients focus on those relationship building Mm -hmm. activities first. How do you define success to your clients? What does that look like when, you know, what are those success milestones for them? So one thing we love to do, and like, certainly we, we love the idea of wealth, 
and really whatever wealth means to you. It could be the wealth of more time with your family. It could be the wealth of more financial freedom. Um, And we also look at the wealth of relationships. So, you know, the milestones that we work with our clients through is having, you know, the very first thing they do is they reach out to 10 existing clients and they rekindle that relationship. We call it our legacy relationship um, system. So they have, you know, this very, very clear cadence of reaching back out, reconnecting and having that beautiful connection. And then the next stage is truly looking at uh, acquiring new clients. I do think that, you know, though we say, you know, no, don't start with Facebook ads, don't start with SEO, don't start with a crazy complex Instagram strategy. We do know that being more visible leads to more conversations, which leads to more sales. So that's the next type of thing that we do as a milestone. And then the third milestone that we we work with our clients on is holding what we like to call a vernissage event. So vernissage, I don't know if you're familiar with the term, but it was the varnishing in the 1800s. Uh, you would put out your paintings. And then as you were varnishing them, you would have friends and family come before it was open to the public. Mm -hmm. So we work with our clients to either produce um, small scale in-person events or small scale virtual events that truly focus on their artistry and the connection with their collectors. So those are really the milestones that we look at um, as clients, you know, really progress in their work with us. Mm -hmm. Do you find that your clients that are the artists themselves struggle with being introverted and, and it's a big ask for them to do things like that. All of this is a big ask. You know, this is a big ask for everybody. Um, I do think that artists in particular have a real hermit mode. Um, mm-hmm. They would prefer to be in, you know, in a dominant way. And what we do is help them navigate that, how to, you know, that's a great place to automate is automating your visibility work. So when you're in a hermit mode, you can truly be in a hermit mode. We help our clients um, determine the right work schedule for them. A nine to five is not right for every entrepreneur, certainly, and certainly not right for every artist. So a lot of our clients end up in more of a, a kind of sabbatical work schedule where they'll maybe work for four weeks and then take a week off work for a few months, take a month off and how to set their business up to still have a very high-end client experience on that back end. So it works with what works for them, you know, determining what that is and then just flowing into that state of flow. Exactly. I think when people start to work with high net worth individuals um, and like the affluent, they feel like they have to always be on Mm -hmm. and they, you really don't, you just have to be a very clear communicator and have to be very professional in, in your boundaries, in what, you know, your procedures are and how to access you. So it really is, it's a lot of mindset work. I would say like the majority of what we work, we work with very talented creatives. A lot of them are award-winning. Some are named uh, town and countries up and coming artists. They are just, you know, typically have 10 plus years experience. I have advanced degrees from the Gemological Institute of America. Like I just, it's very high end clientele we work with. So it's really, it's not about the craft. The craft is there for them. It's really typically about building a business that allows them to be that hermit, allows them to be that artist. So what do they, what is, if you could sum it up into one sentence, what is it that they come to you guys for? Because I know that a lot of times the beliefs mindset, that side of it, isn't what their pain point is, right? That that's not the known pain point. You may know that that's what's behind it, but what do they come to you for? I think financial focus. 
So at the end of the day, it's focus, I would say, is the dominant thing mm-hmm. we help them do. Uh, it could be kind of code, code, like a little cheeky talked about as blinders mm-hmm. around like blinders against the next shiny object, um, because what we help them do is really structure their time to be around relationship building and really prioritizing sending that text to a collector. Um, you know, reconnecting with an old friend, taking someone out to lunch, writing a thank you note. Um, when we reprioritize those things and we stop being on that shiny object of Instagram or reels. And again, not to say those things don't have a place for sure, but if we're just in acquisition mode and we just want kind of more, 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 like more Instagram followers, then we're not truly taking exquisite care of what we already have. Um, which is, we like to say, really it goes everywhere, but your existing clients. So if you're not yet taking exquisite care of your existing clients and then up from there, existing care of your um, leads or like exquisite care of your existing leads, then why are you going for more people? We like to have, like, uh, we're on a podcast, but you can see me. Yes. But uh, if you picture a diamond, right? So many people are like, oh, if just more people come in to my funnel, my diamond, then eventually some will buy. And what we actually like to do is flip it on its head and turn that diamond upside down and say, actually, if you just take exquisite care of those existing clients who are in your space, they will tell their friends and family. And then you typically, you know, sometimes you do end up needing to market and doing PR and that becomes something, but it's a strategy, not from a place of needing to fill that funnel, but just from that place more so of abundance in that funnel. So big, such big takeaways from that right there. And so true too, that it, if you're chasing quantity, a quantity of some sort, but you're not taking care of and distributing the quality that you could where you currently are, then you're missing the mark. hundred percent. And we're doing a presentation this evening with the New York um, city jewelry week around this very concept, which is all about how do you just take exquisite care of your existing clients and what are those actions and how can you actually have a really sustainable, really simple business by reaching out, keeping in touch. One of our long-term private clients um, continues to be a client, not only because we do fantastic work and she's added almost 3.5 million to her bottom line since we started working together. Um, But she has a son about my son's age. So when I buy a great gift, I'll often send one to her, you know, and I'll send her team ice cream when they make a big milestone and all of these different things that matter so much more than I think people realize. Exactly. What is one accomplishment in your entrepreneurial journey getting to from the beginning to where you are now that you, that sticks out and you're most proud of? I think that I sold an engagement ring to someone at this point eight years ago. So when I worked for an antique and estate jewelry company, I sold an antique and antique ring to them online. So we never met in person. We were just working through email. And a year ago, they reached back out to me. They found me, we weren't connected on Instagram, but they found me and they said, Kathleen, your impact was so fantastic. I think of you And it just makes me so happy. And they sent me a note on Instagram and my team who manages my Instagram was like, who is this? I was like, oh my my gosh, one, I'm not sure. I don't remember, (laughs) you know, like, it's not like that was for me, it was memorable because it was, I remembered the piece and I remembered the story, but reminding myself how important the work that we do is, you know, it's almost like you're a doctor and you see patients all day, but that person is, you know 
that's your doctor, right. your lawyer, you see, you know, clients all day, but it really reminded me of how the work now that I teach my clients to do matters so much. Uh, you know, it really is if we can remember that the person on the other side of the screen, um, the person on the other side of the counter is a real person and that this investment they're making for jewelry, but, you know, translate that to any, you know, if you're a Facebook ads person, if you're a copywriter, if you're a coach, just remembering like almost the humanity and that just that moment exemplified for me, how important those relationships truly are and how much of an impact we actually can have on our clients. That's huge. Eight years is a long time too, but the fact that it was just so present for them. It was beautiful. And she had the paperwork and she said, Kathleen, like, thank you. Oh. She like hunted me down too. She, you know, cause I was no longer with that company. So she really, she found me um, and it felt so good. And I think that that's what our, a lot of our clients, as you mentioned, artists often end up in that hermit mode. They don't want to reach out and particular because it's their art. They don't want to bother people. A lot of times people feel worried oh, they're, the stone broke, or it's not the right size. Or a lot of times there's a divorce um, that's happened on the other end or a death, which are all very, very tragic things. So I think people don't want to reach back out. They don't want to rekindle, but we have never had anyone say, oh my God, I can't believe you contacted me. Why Dev? You know, <laughs> never talk to me again. Yes. But they have. And every time I joke about my own engagement ring, I'm always like, if this artist who I can't find, though I've actively tried to find her, had reached out, my husband and I have been married now nine years. If they reached out year after year, I would have only her jewelry if she made it very easy to keep in touch. So it really is, it works well for the jewelry industry, but you can translate it out to truly every industry here. Absolutely. That's that's huge testament to even coming from a consumer perspective. You know, not only are you teaching this from the front end for your clients, but from a consumer perspective, you're like, you know what, if I did, this would, if they, if they would have contacted me, this would have been a huge impact because I still love them. But time has a way of just moving us along. And every now and then you'll get somebody that will hunt you down after eight years, but very rare. rare. Exactly. You know, so that's why it's a memorable moment, but if we just remember that as business owners across any platform of what we offer, that mm-hmm. that is very, very, very special. And again, that just circles right back around to the relationship aspect. Mm-hmm. Your best clients are the ones you have is yep. the, it's like our biggest catchphrase. Like you're, if you can get obsessed with serving, understanding, keeping in touch, you know, yep. getting those referrals without even asking a lot of the times where you've just created such a memorable experiential based experience. Um, yeah. that's truly when, you know, and I think that, you know, as that, we kind of circle back to like, what metrics do we look at? And we look at that wealth metric. We really look at time for a lot of our artists. Like our artists feel so busy. They feel like the phones are eating their brains that Instagram is sucking us. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Like my Instagram caption took my last bit of my soul, you know, yes, like the yeah. brain cell that I had. And it's really when we can keep things really simple and we can have it feel mutually beneficial where the artist gets to truly know the collector and the collector feels like they get to know the artist. It just becomes so much more sustainable. We've had mm-hmm. clients who are paying off debt, you know, that they've had for 20 years, cutting themselves paychecks for the first time. Wow. Um, down down deposits on houses, buying cars in cash. Like this truly is, you know, from just a straight financial impact, truly life-changing. 
but more so the things I love and my team loves are when people find the rhythm to their art, when they feel inspired to create again, um, and they truly can find that one, one voice, uh, to speak in. Mm -hmm. Where do you want to take your business from here? What's that look like for you? What are your big goals? It's, I mean, I want to change the world. Like I really, I have a three and a half year old and he is just, I actually have behind our screen. I have like pictures of him pulled up because I wanted to share them um, actually with my clients. But I just want him to grow up in a world where he's not being, we like to call it in our family, fubbed, where you pick up your phone and you ignore someone. You like Mm. snub someone on the other end. Uh, like I want him to grow up in a world where people look him in the eye, um, where he is, you know, he's three and a half, right. He's a toddler. He's just inquisitive about everything. And I want the world to meet him there. And I truly want to have businesses that lead the way on that, where Mm. it's not, you're not just another number, um, but you really are a true valued customer as, as if it's the 1940s, as if it's the 1980s, you know, as if it's any time, but 2021, where we're just only sometimes focusing on the numbers, the metrics, and we're forgetting about kind of the humanity on the other side of things. So good though. Yeah. Yeah. I have teenagers. Uh, we have five kids and they're teenagers. And so they, uh, we are definitely on the fubbing side of yes. it. <laughs> we know what that looks like, but they're growing up in a world where most of the conversations happen in that yeah. little square box in front of their face that sometimes answers mom's phone call. Um, <laughs> we'll always text. Oh, Luddite, right? Like here we are. I run my business and I have for the past six years run it exclusively virtually. I've been in the e-commerce space since 08. Like it's mm-hmm. not to say there's not a place for this. For um, sure you know, I connect with people all the time on Instagram and I have a lot of really meaningful relationships. Uh, actually my entire team is virtual. We've not even met in person That's cool, uh, though. They work full time for me. So it's, I do believe in the power of, but I just think that if we're not careful, we can, you know, go too far into to um, not get lost in it. Exactly. To use it as a tool and to know when it's like a tool, <laughs> We have a three and a half year old, so we read a lot of books, right? And it's right. like tool first toy. Like what is, this is a tool. We use it for a certain thing and then we put it away. And the more that we can use what is at our fingertips as a tool and not only look as it, the only toy around, you know, I think that that is really what I want to do with my work. You know, I truly want this to be a movement. Uh, I think this has so many things beyond, as you've said, the jewelry industry, the luxury industry certainly, but there's so many trickle down places that I truly want to impact as well. Mm-hmm. And circling back to the world that you want for your son, that is the world that I try and do want for my kids to see, even as teenagers growing up in this digital era, I want them to see that too. So we do, we break, we break away, we go to the mountains, you know, we live in Colorado, so we go outdoors, we'll hike, we'll disc golf, we'll snowboard, ski, whatever, you know, whatever that looks like, because we have a fortunate opportunity to be able to step outside and take a momentary break. And sometimes strategically, we go to areas that have no service. That makes it awesome. (laughs) But they know it's not and I'm not trying to, you know, shade them on the back end, but I love my kids. But yes, this world definitely needs the relationship aspect of it and realize that those things are not our life, but they are tools that can help enrich our lives. But just as anything good could be used nefariously, those things could take away our life from us too, if we can get lost in it. So very good um, 
very good ways to connect that even with kids, but even with adults that we have a more of an awareness, I think in this year that we really want to go back to seeing each other, you know, while I'm not using the video in this podcast for any purpose, we still get to see each other so we can have a conversation that just, it wouldn't quite be the same if there was no visual to it. A hundred percent. And I just think like, and that's where we teach our jewelers, like people are looking at their phones and we have so much mindless scrolling, but they're really looking for true connection. So it's less about when we have a whole concept where we talk about, yes, we need mass marketing, which is sending emails, Instagram, but more importantly, we need that one-on-one connection, which is a true personalized message. It's not something that's generic instead of how are you? It's more how are your children? How was that trip you guys took to that Wi-Fi free dead zone? And all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. you know that I was actually listening first, just sending out a yes. you know a smarmy sales message. And that's we have a whole way that we teach our clients to maintain and revive relationships. And it truly is around tracking those small details, remembering those small details and not being afraid to utilize them and make mistakes, right? Like maybe you forget someone's name or there's been a divorce or something along those lines, but we have a concept that we love to talk about as well, which is called the high-end recovery, which Mm -hmm. is all about, you know, you make a mistake, social faux pas, digital or in person, and you recover from it. So it's really building, you know, that wealth of trust as well. Mm -hmm. How has the entrepreneurial journey changed you? Would you say? It's hard to discern when it began, as I said, because it started so early. Um, But I do think that it continues to change me really daily. You know, I think that the fact that we were digital prior to, you know, 2020 is I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the flexibility it offers me as a mother of a young child where yesterday I scooted out early and, um, you know, we had the afternoon together and it wasn't that I needed to, you know, I certainly informed the people I needed to inform, but it wasn't someone saying, Hey, you know, you got to leave here. And I think particularly because my last more traditional job was sales, retail sales, I'm acutely aware of, um, that experience and how, you know, especially around the holidays, you'd work seven days a week, you open, you're open until whenever, And when we stepped into the e-commerce role and I made that first sale on a Saturday morning while I was asleep, it was, you know, that was my first real taste of the game changer of e-commerce in particular, but especially translating that into um, sales. That's so inspiring for sure. How can the audience connect to you specifically to uh, reach out if it's something, you know, that they see as a fit for what they do, but also just to see how you show up in the world? Where can they find you? So uh, I'm on Instagram very regularly, Kathleen Cutler, um, right there. So I know you'll link in the show notes, but in particular, I do have a gift for your audience of a free masterclass which is called relationship to revenue. So it's much more about the steps we've broken down today, not industry specific. It's not just about jewelers, though I do talk a lot about jewelers because they're my um, my my uh, my breadth of knowledge is, is deep within the industry. Uh, but that's something that's applicable to anyone who wants to step into high-end selling and anyone who wants to step into this more intimate way of selling. And that's uh, right on my website, kathleencutler.com. Perfect. And I know that the audience will find value and being able to access that. So thank you for sharing that. 
Of course. It's amazing to chat this conversation. I'm so inspired. I'm like, I love what I do. And it's been amazing to chat with you. It's and, and you, you exude that, you know, I, I, I can see you, but I know the audience will hear that coming through the podcast as well, but you love what you do and you love that relationship building. So thank you for coming on and sharing that today. Of course. It's been fantastic to chat. Guys, make sure you check out the show notes, link up with Kathleen, grab that free offer she has for you, that masterclass to just give you some pointers and some perspective from someone that's actually doing it that way for her industry. So as always, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Femination Podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, have a no BS place to ask your business questions, and connect with like-minded women entrepreneurs, join the FEM community, our free group on Facebook. And don't forget to check out the next 21-day challenge at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Let's crack the door to what's possible when you begin leading yourself first. If you love this show, subscribe and share it with a friend. If this episode impacted you, it would mean the world to me if you left a review so others know what's possible by listening. I'm already looking forward to the next episode with you.